0: Good afternoon. My name is Jeff Harris, superintendent of Del Norte County Schools. We just want to welcome everybody to our weekly uh, podcast, uh, Coffee and Conversations, at about the time it takes to sit down and have cup of coffee, glass of tea with a friend. We want you to join us as we have a conversation about things that are important to our students and our community and our schools. So joining me today are Tom Kissinger, who is the Assistant Superintendent for Educational Services. Is it Ed Services or Student Services? It's Ed Services. You got it right today. I got it right today. And in an effort to get Ryan's right as well, Ryan is our Director of Information and Network Services first time for everything. That's why I wrote it down. Good, good. <laughs> so um, so for those of you who listened to the podcast last week, um, it was actually a two-parter because we had so much to talk about, but we were looking forward to the board making a decision this week on the blended learning model. They did make that decision. And today we kind of want to talk about um, what that decision incorporated, um, what what it entailed, And what that decision was and what it was not. So, you know, guys, let's go ahead and jump into it. Tom, can you talk a little bit about maybe what blended learning is
1: and how this model kind of plays out? So blended learning is a combination of learning in person at school and also doing some distance learning online. And the model that the board uh, weighed in on and and ultimately – kind of went with um, for uh, to kind of move forward is um, most of our students, oh, particularly the students in a transitional kindergarten through eighth grade, would be going to school, they would be in class with a cohort group two days a week and they would be doing some dis- they would be doing distance learning three days a week. So they would be in seat at school, two days, whether they were Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or any other combination of two days, it would be two days in seat and uh, three days at home. So that was the blended learning model that we were looking at last week. So you mentioned K-8. I think there was still some latitude for high school, correct? Right, right. So what we're still looking at is how we're going to actually operate the high school. Um, are we going to be distance learning in the morning? Um, and that actually doing period by period, eat every, every, every day in the morning, uh, having, or having some students come in for those periods while synchronous learning was going online at the same time, um, we were, um, or, or all students being online. I don't think that that decision was actually made yet.
0: No, no, you know, what the board had said was for K-8 was that uh, two days in person, two days or three days, rather, uh, a week of, of kind of distance or, or offline asynchronous learning um, for K-8. But then when we look at 9-12, they were giving the high schoolers that flexibility for the high school principals to really work with staff to say what works for your school. Because uh, for folks out there who haven't had a high schooler, um, it's a different world. Um, we, you know, for students who are in special education, we have IEPs. Those are individualized education plans that, that revolve around a lot of needs of a particular child at high school. I, I keep making the statement, a lot of our high schoolers actually almost have ILPs that they work with their counselors with. Those are individualized learning plans because you can be in ninth grade, but you can have a completely different schedule from the ninth grader sitting next to you. And so um, the high school has a kind of a unique uh, task in figuring out what that looks like. So, you know, Ryan, I know too, that when this whole thing first came out, you and I were talking a lot about, because as, a, as the tech person, you're looking at devices, you're looking at connectivity, you're looking at what does it mean when students are at home. Can you talk a little bit about what the... Um, the blended learning uh, looks like because you know, I think distance learning we we'll talk more about that in the future uh, and maybe a little bit later in this podcast. But the blended learning piece, it's not a full day six hours sitting in front of a computer, right? correct.
2: yeah, with the with the blended learning model, when you're in person in class, you know we're expecting again, devices to stick with students. so a student gets gets a device checked out, and that's their device to bring. On those two days, when they're in person in school, bring that device with them into the classroom, and then take that same device home for a ver- you know various reasons. Not only do they need the device to to do their work, but uh, cleanliness and sanitation, right? And so they would be using that device at home. So those three days at home, they would be on those devices primarily while they're while they're working from home. Those two days in class, we're we're expecting that. There'll be some little bit of guidance on use of the device while they're at home while they're in their classroom but then the majority of time on those two days and in the blended learning model in person would be your traditional more traditional in class time
0: right and and when they're at home I think one of the things that was very interesting is you know as families and I had two kids who went through del nord schools as families when my students are at or my children are at school, I expect them to be there for roughly a student days, about six and a half hours. Um, so they're there, they're working, they come home, we do whatever we do in the afternoon, athletics or, or outside events, whatever. And they go back the next day for six and a half hours in this blended learning model. I think one of the things that really kind of stuck out was we have to do 180 days of school a year. That's a regular school year. But the days may look different. So what parents should probably expect to see in a blended learning model is your child going to school on a regular school day, interacting with their peers, interacting with teachers. But then the day that they're doing the, the asynchronous part, the, that, that kind of distance or virtual component, that piece may only be what we call a minimum day. So the requirement from the state is that day has to be for kindergartners, um, I think 180 minutes, three hours of some sort of learning engagement or homework practice or whatever. And then for first grade through 12th grade, it's roughly four hours. Yeah, which
2: is slightly lower than the normal, you know, fully normal. These have been lowered these minutes a little bit for this distance, you know, distance situation.
1: But we would, as educators, need to verify that the students are engaged in academic pursuits during that time. Oh, exactly. I think, and that's what makes this
0: very different from the um, crisis learning that we did when we were at the very, very beginning in March, taking out packets and saying you could do them or not, or getting information out and just saying, you know what, it's going to be a pass fail based on whether you complete the work or engage, right?
1: you know, you bring up what you just brought up, Jeff, was very important. You talked about pass fail. And I just want everybody to also understand that as we go back to school, we're going, going, going to be going back to a grading system where students are going to be graded on the work that they do and how much they um, understand the content that's covered.
0: Right. And I think that's a that's a huge component because, you know, again, the difference between crisis learning and and any of these other options, distance learning, blended learning, or full return, we are in school. Um, it is a distance school, or it is a blended learning school. It is school. It's not just a high-quality educational opportunity, which is what the state told us we had to do over, over the COVID facilities closures. This is school.
1: Right. It's not just getting a packet and returning it. It's actually... The feedback important is feedback component is is so critical, and making sure that that everybody is engaged in these academic activities. So that's it's not it's not going to be an easy pursuit, but it's something that we can do for sure. Right. Well, and I think the reason
0: you know if we kind of go back to why did the board choose to say okay if we're going to do blended at some point along this continuum, why did we why did the board choose to do two days in person and three days distance. Do you guys wanna chime in on that one?
2: Well, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I, th- I think we all recognize that how important having our students here is. I mean, ideally, we've said it a bunch of times, we'd love to see everybody face-to-face all the time. Unfortunately, that's just not, that's not feasible. So we're trying to come up with the, the safest possible inter- alternative. Um, obviously, keeping safety of, of our students and our families and our staff as our highest priority. Um, were able to meet that, that students in person, you know, cohort count limitation by bringing them in twice a week. And so that, that's kind of, I think the best possible option that the board was able to, to come up with.
1: And, and, you know, Ryan, I would also say that having students come into a, as full of possible a school day, two days a week, it as much as possible mimics the traditional academic day for students as opposed to splitting it up. And so even though they're going to be doing asynchronous activities on the other three days, they'll be in there with their teacher doing all the traditional school activities for those two days.
0: And, you know, I think that there are a lot of other considerations that maybe folks in our community aren't aware of, Um, A lot of our students also receive additional supports through um, counseling services, through American Indian education, through um, homeless and foster services. Uh, They receive supports in, um, oh my gosh, English language development. I mean, there's so many things that our, our students get outside of what their teacher in class provides them. You know, those are augmented services. And th- those shorter days, there was some concern that students may not be able to fully access those. And on these longer days, I think there's more of an opportunity to do so. And and then we also take into consideration too transportation, nutrition services, custodial services, um, and and really even those other academic components, music, visual arts, um, other performing arts, um, social sciences, sciences. You know, all of those pieces. That I think there was some um, some concern about being able to fit all that in in a shorter time frame.
1: I think so too. I, I I also think that we're going to be working with people who provide specific services to students to see what can be done when students are not at school and what has to be done when students are physically at school. So I think that it gives this time gives us an opportunity to really look at what types of services we can provide. To students asynchronously, and what we can do during the school day.
2: And I'll just add that we're we're using the words asynchronous and synchronous a lot, and I want everybody to know that we're evaluating options to provide, you know, synchronous all the time, really. So I just was on a webinar this morning, and we're going to get some demo equipment to evaluate, um, you know, the possibility of of offering, you know, the teacher with the students in person in class. Also being able to share that that presentation live at that time, synchronously.
0: So So just so that everybody understands, synchronous instruction is live instruction that's provided in person or virtually simultaneously. Um, asynchronous is digital instruction um, or or some sort of digital media that is done, Outside of that live presentation, so you'll hear us use the term synchronous and asynchronous. Our our goal is as much live interaction, as much live instruction, as much synchronous instruction as we can possibly give, um, and then falling back on the asynchronous when we have to.
2: Exactly. Thank you.
0: So. You know, could could you both talk to um, the point too, Tom, I think you had said we're going to be working with these service providers and and we're working through these different departments, Ryan your department head. What is the what what's the process going to be to kind of develop each of these phases and most especially this kind of blended learning model as we move forward?
2: So yeah, we've we're you know developing our our reopening. plan um and we're going to be you know splitting out this this plan you know by department so we can evaluate operationally what each department how each department will meet the needs at each of the various phases in the um the continuum of reopening, and so that's kind of a, a jumping-off point. And we're going to come together, you know, very, very soon. You know, each department's tasked with that. We're going to come together and evaluate those those operational plans and see how those departments, you know, intertwine, where there's gaps, where we can help each other, and really how we best meet the needs of our students throughout the various phases.
1: Yeah, and so now that we have some direction from the Board of Education on this. Um, I know that when it comes to these different departmental areas, we can actually drill down and find out specifically what we need to do in order to open up on the 24th where kids are actually learning and teaching is going on. But that also means that we have to have a good health and safety plan. We have to have a good operations plan. Our technology has to be where, where it needs to be. Our teaching and learning ultimately... Um, kind of everything, everything affects uh, how teaching, all these other things affect how teaching and learning is done. And I'd say most important, how we're communicating the work that we're doing together.
2: Yeah. And along the lines of communication, we've been including every, everybody that we possibly can, not not just um, internal staff here, but, you know, staff that are home right now or, you know, inviting administrators back. We're, we're going to be reaching out and getting, you know, some parent input, hopefully some student input as well um, for all these various groups and organizations, whether it's a department or a program like like after school program, as an example, to really make sure that we're making sure that program is included and, you know, gets developed with a, a proper plan as well
0: and I think that's that's really important you know in those conversations that we've had and I think our Wednesday webinar this past Wednesday was really um we ended with one of the participants really talking about how this was an all in endeavor to make sure that we as a community that we as a system that we as a an organization really met the needs of our, of our students. Um, so I think that's a, you know, as, as we do this and I want to encourage everybody again, I've said it several times, but, um, watch for emails, watch for invitations to join in those conversations because I, I, in in the planning process that we have, we have roughly, um, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 different work groups that we want to pull together to really drill down and talk about how do we have the best year for Del Norte students that we can. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the final decision because um, a lot of folks are saying, okay, so this is what we're doing. We're going with this distance learning model, or I'm sorry, we're going with this blended learning model. That's August 24th. That's not necessarily the case. Um, We we keep hearing people talking about the reopening plan, and I'm not talking just here in this district, but in districts around the state. We're looking at something a little bit different. We're looking at developing a continuum of educational models or educational options for the school year because we know we're going to kind of move in and out of these as maybe COVID cases spike or they completely go away for hopefully months on end and we're able to kind of have a broader reopening of schools. Um, So I I think it's really important for folks to know the board did not on Tuesday say on August 24th, this is how school starts. What the board said was in planning for this continuum of educational options, this is the model we want to start with on, start the planning with. So... It, we don't know if we're going to start August 24th, full distance learning, um, or if we're going to start with a full open or blended learning. We, we really don't know. And I think that that's important to stress that.
2: And I'll just add that the, the board was also really clear that there will be a, a full distance option for those that, that require or choose it. There will still be a, a full distance program, r- regardless of where we are on the continuum for those that, that opt into that option.
1: And the board also wanted to make sure we looked at the feasibility of the AMPM option for our youngest children as well. Yeah,
0: and there was a lot of conversation about that. And so I think um, our plan really is to develop the plan as approved by the board, um, where we're, we are going to be defining more about distance education. We're going to be defining more about distance plus um more at risk groups, which is our phase two, we're going to be really defining and working through the process of blended learning, and then we'll be um, looking at what it looks like for every student to come back. Um, But we will be probably, I would say, mid to late August, bringing back to the board the feasibility of allowing our youngest students, most most likely either K-2 or K-5, um, to come back on an AM-PM schedule so that half the group came back in the morning and half the group came back in the afternoon. So one um, thing that I think is really important to note here, we've, we've been hearing a lot of it's coming, we're planning, uh, we'll let you know when. And I know that when those words are used and those phrases are used, people feel like, well, when? It's never going to happen. And as Ryan continues to point out, the clock is ticking. As of Monday, uh, July 20th, we have 25 school days, 25 work days in order to develop this plan. Um work with our labor partners, both DNTA and CSEA, on negotiating any parts of the plans that need to be negotiated, um, communicating the final plans out to families, training our staff in implementing the plan, getting everything we need to implement the plan, and then implementing the plan. So um, when we talk about an abbreviated time
1: schedule, I think this is the definition. Right. And not everybody's here right now, too. So, I mean, that's right. we've, we've, got, we've got a lot to do in a short amount of time.
2: And we still absolutely are going to do everything possible and then some to, to bring those key stakeholders back. I think that's so important. Um, again, at the webinar on Wednesday, that last comment was, was just crucial. It's, it's the entire community. It's not, it's not just a few. It's, it's every single person needs to be on the same page.
1: Well, people really want to be involved here. They
0: do. Well, and I think that, you know, our final comment before we go today and where we could continue to talk about this, and I think we will have continued conversations about this, is really, I I don't want the public to think that we're only looking at schools and we're not thinking about the impact that choices that are being made here, whether it's by the board or by um, collaborative work groups going through these various plans, um, are, are having those conversations or making those decisions in silos. We know that families are going to struggle with childcare, we know that businesses are going to struggle with um, employees who have limitations because they have children at home, we know children are going to struggle because it's hard to learn when you're on your own, and there are no other choices on those days that we're on um, uh, kind of that virtual learning piece. We understand all of these challenges and we will be working very, very hard and we'll be asking your input um, to help us overcome these obstacles and to help our community work through um, all of these issues surrounding COVID-19. So we want to thank everybody for, um, honestly, for your patience and your, your input
1: and participation so far. Ryan, Tom, any last words? The only thing that I would say is is, I think that really inviting people to participate in the process, making sure that people know that we want their feedback, we want their input, because we want this to be a decision that is made with our school district community.
2: Yeah, and those options will be very clearly presented to you on our website. Again, that's www.dnusd.org. Please continue to check that site. Um, Download the mobile app if you haven't. Um, And uh, keep your eye on our information to come.
0: Yep. And on that DNUSD website, you can see what we currently have for the continuum of options. And then if you want to go in, you can download that app that Ryan was talking about. You do not have to have a child enrolled in the district. Anybody can download that app. You can can subscribe to the district or individual school sites, but you'll get push notifications. So, again, we want to thank everybody uh, for taking time to listen to this podcast. We hope we've answered some questions or or reiterated things that you may have already heard. Um, Ask you to join us next week as we do our Monday update and our uh, next round of podcasts. So thanks again.